You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. Hello and welcome to Elsner's a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com. On Elsnerds, we don't think before we talk. You know, you're going to hear some stuff. It might bum you out. It might make you happy. Let's see how it goes. Ride along with us, please. Yes. Yes. So, Corey, how are you feeling? You, I, you sound better. I... I <laughs> I had a a wonderful plethora of maladies last week. It was just one thing after another, just stacking up from post New Year's, which is terrible because I didn't do a damn thing for New Year's. But stomach bug led to um, back pain, headaches, earaches. It, it was just all over the the place. Couldn't walk for a little bit. At one point, was in a coma. I wish. I, <laughs> according to my Fitbit, I do not sleep. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, that was good. And because um, you know, we originally were going to take Monday off because it was my birthday. I am now 28 years old um, and all that. But And I'm clutching my chest tightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corey's like, oh, I'm not feeling good. And I'm like, all right, you do you, dude. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, it's glad you're better, and I'm older, yay. Um, but yeah, so let's get on to the else news. Um, the first news story was what we was going to be our discussion point last week, um, and that is Jeff Johns is returning to comics. Um, this comes from io9, and, the, and basically Jeff Johns hasn't done anything in the comic universe writing-wise since... Um, since the D, uh, DC Rebirth, what eighty-page uh, special that he wrote, the lead-in, um, right? Yeah, the, the lead-in to Rebirth, and before that, he wrote um, Justice League. I think he did a couple other books in the New Fifty Two lineup. But his output um, was definitely slowing up. It seemed like he was yeah. doing less and less because not because he wasn't busy uh, and not because he's not still deeply embedded into the DC Universe stuff. It was more that he was helping do some stuff with the uh, the cinematic universe, the TV universe. And he was kind of spearheading DC Rebirth, trying to get things laid out. But he's doing so much outside of the actual comics that it's yeah. tough for him to find time to come in and do a regular writing gig. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and so he, on January 1st, he had a these Twitter messages on there, and one said, like, it was his top five things of 2017, um, which I think one of them we might be getting to here in a second. Um, and he said, and one, writing comics again, stay tuned, happy new year. And it had a picture of Dr. Manhattan. So everyone is thinking that he is going to be writing the Watchmen in in this new, in the DC Rebirth universe. Which is great, because if you remember the last show that we did, I was talking about what we don't get enough of is Mandong. And uh, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan was just like, it was just giant blue dong the entire time in the Watchmen movie. <laughs> 
Uh, I think that's the one thing I can say is Zack Snyder got right. Yes. Um, as you guys know from from Elsner's episode 31, Corey Loves Mandong. So um, good they made it a title. Um, <laughs> so there's been a lot of little hints here and there uh, since DC Rebirth, including this uh, Mr. Oz character that everyone has been assuming or, or presuming is uh, Oz- Ozymandias from Watchmen who's been involved in the Superman books and I think is in possession of certain characters, including um, Tim Drake, Robin, who is thought to be dead by the other Batman characters, but he it turns out he was captured. Maybe that Ray Palmer is involved in this, uh, a few other people. So what do you think about integrating the Watchmen characters into the DC universe. I, I, I think it's a good idea because this, I always look at this from a younger, a a younger slash newer comic book reader perspective. And I think for a lot of that is because for the most part I am, I mean, I've only come in here, I think what a year into the new 52 um, startup, you know, and when Marvel did Marvel Now, that's when I jumped in and started discovering these comics um, and, and, you know, and reading, you know, to the point where I'm like, all right, I have 36 comics that I'm reading a week um, and all that. And so it's going to give, and granted, yes, the reading list for Watchmen for, you know, people who are, were maybe we're fans of the movie or, you know, that was the only thing that they had was that movie is really limited. It is the Watchmen trade paperback. So you're not counting any of the before Watchmen stuff? If the you before, don't, well, I don't know that many people would blame you. I'm just, I'm yeah, not trying to put you on the spot. It's, it, I don't know. Yeah. Again, like you said that there, like there is the before Watchmen stuff, um, which even that, okay. So there's what, two trade paperbacks or, or were they uh, each? They they each had their own. Most of the the miniseries were four issues or so, I think. Yeah. Uh, and and I I can't speak to the quality of them because it wasn't something that was appealing to me. But I'm not a big Watchmen fan. But I know that uh, Amanda Connor did the Silk Spectre series. Yeah. I know that Darwin Cook did Minutemen, and I think a different one. So there were some very good people involved in it, and. When you have a group of creators, the quality goes up and down. There are some that, that were looked at as being very successful and some that were like, what the hell is this? Um, yeah. there, there was still a common thought process of what a blatant cash grab on a book that is 20 plus years old. And all this does is to serve to uh, keep offering Alan Moore a dick on a platter and saying, hey, choke this down, Alan. And Alan's like, I fucking hate comics, and I'm going to cast a spell <laughs> on all of you motherfuckers. Um, I don't know that it was seen as a huge success. Yeah. Uh, and The issues definitely seemed to sit on the shelves, and then the product came out with the collections, and I don't know the collections sold very well. Like, I don't think people were looking to restock them if they sold. Yeah. What was the one? It was the it when Watchmen was coming out originally. It was the backup story. Um, the the pirate 
story yeah. that was in there. Yeah. yeah. That was but that was all in one book. It was well no, it I was told I wanted I want to say that one might have been the one that was the biggest seller out of the in the before Watchmen stuff. Like uh more of that. I don't I don't really remember what the different individual ones were. I know that there were ones about like some of the villain characters. Yeah. Um, and all of the main characters had theirs. But it's 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 a lead into something that like, we always talk about things like I don't always know that the lead ins are that important. On the other hand, I, I enjoyed Rogue One knowing where it was going, but I hated the prequels because I feel like that all it did was it it took the mystery and the good parts away from Star Wars. And when it comes to before before Watchmen, all you can do is a before because there isn't a lot to work with after. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody was really screaming for that because Watchmen itself is this seminal work that is hugely beloved, even if it's not my favorite. I understand that it's a it's a cornerstone of comics, but it's also from the middle of the 80s. It's 30 years old now. It It's kind of had more than its time. And the only reason why it keeps bopping around is because they want to keep it in per- perpetual print to disallow the rights to ever go back to Alan Moore and and Dave Gibson, uh, Dave Gibbons. Sorry, I and, and it's just I don't know that with all the goodwill of what's happened with DC Rebirth, which is more focused stories, which is getting back to the characters and their more perceived classic state, um, even including changes, having there be a son of Superman and Lois Lane now, but it feels like. Superman again, as opposed to the new 52 Superman who felt like a different character. I think that a lot of people are really digging the the current DC books. And part of that also is that they've priced them to allow people to experiment and try them out. The the every two weeks shipping on most of the titles um, means that you can kind of like stay along with it really quick. I don't know that it's necessary to then have a watchman integration especially because all of the watchman characters were based around the charleston characters that dc actually owns um so when you have a dr manhattan that's at the same time you have captain adam when you have a night owl well you have blue beetle so i don't know exactly what it is to be gained from this other than it's just like it was an explanation it was like we're doing this in the background to explain why the universe is like this yeah but when you did the stuff in the background to explain why the universe was like that in the new 52 it was pandora and then you involved the question uh who is the uh rorschach uh, basis and you involved uh the phantom stranger and those books tanked because there was no good plan with them so this is trying to sell an idea still based off of Alan Moore's stuff from 30 years ago. And I don't know that anybody really wants to see these characters wind up in DC proper. We we like an expanded universe. We like the multiverse. I don't want Dr. Manhattan and Ozymandias hanging out with Superman and yeah. Batman. It, it's kind of, I, they're lucky in how well it's worked having Midnighter in the mainstream DC universe by making kind of a foil to Dick Grayson for a bunch of issues. But Midnighter and Apollo were introduced to be a gay couple version of Batman and Superman. And when you take them out of the Wildstorm universe and put them in the regular DC universe, you kind of have to downplay 
those two characters because you can't have them be at the same level of Batman and Superman in that world. Um, where it used to be that that's the power level that they were. That's exactly what they did. They were kind of even tougher versions in a lot of ways. So some things don't belong in the, the regular DC universe. And I, I just, I don't know that this is necessary. There was so much good already there. Then it's just like Jeff Johns likes to do his little Easter egg hunts. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to show Batman and he's going to find the Watchman badge in his cave wall for some reason. Made no fucking sense. Uh, and and here's Wally, and we have to explain why Wally came into the universe and nobody remembers him. Okay, sure, I, I can get some of that, but this is kind of a weird thing to draw into it for me. Yeah, yeah, and and I should point out, and this is after doing a little bit of research while Corey while Corey was talking, that there hasn't been any updates to this. Um, like all all people are going off of is the tweet that Jeff Johns posted on New Year's Day. Um, and again, there, there, it was a, a series of tweets, like a, like a top, like a top five list of the things he's most excited for, for 2017. Um, I believe one of them that was up there was wonder woman. Um, and then there was like a new, a new CW TV show, which we'll get to here in a second. And then end one writing comics again, stay tuned. Happy new year with a picture of Dr. Manhattan. Um, like justice and, and video has, has made some comments as well of like, the Watchmen crossover and stuff. And it's a matter of if that's a hundred percent true or if they're just kind of like leading people on, but the stuff is planted. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it is one of the things that, that Jeff Johns had stated that there was, there is planned like a longer plan for bringing in the Watchmen for something. So whether it's something like, um, what we had in the first year with uh, New Fifty Two with Forever Evil, where you had the the crime syndicate come over, um, into this earth where it's just like a boom, they're in, and then they get defeated and they go back, sort of deal, or it is a, you know, they are now in fully involved, um, sort of thing. I honestly, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, there, there's there's two thoughts. One is that doing the Watchmen or having the Watchmen be the lead in for Rebirth, because the Watchmen kind of is what killed classic comic book characters to begin with. It's it, the last thirty years has been spent trying to emulate the ideals introduced in the Watchmen and the Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Uh, those two stories, those seminal stories, really painted the backdrop for what. DC Comics in particular became for so long and everything's like oh I want to do this and I want to do this just like those two books and and just yeah. milk them to death and I, I think that what Jeff Johns was doing by having things bounce off of Watchmen at the beginning of Rebirth was to say hey we've had 30 years of Watchmen now let's show you what comics were like before that because he's a classic guy you know he's yeah. a, he's a bronze age uh, fan himself, and that's why he he wanted to do things like bring back Hal Jordan. He he wants to have everybody's Green Lantern, and he wants to have everybody's Green Arrow. Not just like oh well, there's in my day it was this guy, so it's got to be this guy. He brings back Barry Allen, and yeah, they fucked up and they took out Wally for a while, but now we've got Wally back. I I, I miss Bart. I'd, I'd like to see Bart back as as Impulse or whoever. Um, but it's it's still I 
I get that he is inclusive, not like yeah. one or the other kind of thing. On the other hand, there are things that Rebirth kind of led us to believe that still haven't happened. And I'm much more interested in seeing the Justice Society come back. Yeah. Uh, I'm much more interested in seeing the Legion of Superheroes come back. You know, give us something to do with those characters. And maybe they spring out of this. Maybe that's what happens. I, I can certainly see uh, a Mystery Men type aesthetic working side by side with what the ideas were of Watchmen, which was a 80s version of the Mystery Men. But that's what JSA can work on. And if you want to get into space cosmic stuff, yeah, you can do some stuff with the Legion there too. If Dr. Manhattan exists across all time, then it makes sense that time travel would involve the Legion of Superheroes. I just, I'm not rushing to get this, but I'm not really reading comics right now anyway. So yeah, no, yeah, this is more not like a lot of build up to bullshit. No, same here, same here. And this is what, I mean, I've, on the Marvel side, this is what it was with Secret Wars 2. Um, this is what I was hoping it wasn't going to be with Civil War, and I didn't get that, which is so, I'm so grateful. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, it seems like and with DC, with a couple of their other events, it's like, all right, this is sort of like you're promising the, like you're promising the moon, but delivering me a moon rock on my bed. I mean, DC at least has been playing very, very um, softly in the event category. Yeah. The, the first, the after Rebirth, we haven't seen an event up until now. They're doing a crossover between Justice League and Suicide Squad, which is which pretty is, much contained to just those books. Yeah, it's, it's, and I've read the first two issues and um, it's, it seems like it's going to be those two books. And then I think maybe, maybe four more like from like, like a Batman book as like, just put more as just in tie-ins, not like how that usually is. And like, Oh, this is our, it's September. It's our big, you know, villains month where the villains are taking over the comic books and, you know, shit like that. Um, on, on the same side though, I've, like, I I don't want to get my hopes up too high about this. Like, would it be cool? Yeah. You know, should they do it? I don't know. Because where they do still have the rights, it does seem like they are just doing this to continue to have the rights so they can just go to Ellen Moore going, yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah, I, I got to think at some point, everybody who wants Watchmen is going to fucking own it. And then... Th- it'll just have to stop being printed. Yeah. And then what happens then is Alan Moore, if he's at all fucking interested at all by that point, he gets to do Watchmen 2 or he gets to do something with the characters and that's what'll matter is yeah. is that as much as they were derivative of the Charleston characters and and was that was originally supposed to start those characters it's a big deal if Alan Moore is doing it. It's not as big of a deal if anybody else is doing it, no matter how good those people are, nobody really cares about these characters unless it's Alan Moore yeah. writing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so our next story is one that I 
saw and I got excited for. Um, and this is that uh, Constantine or Constantine Will is returning to TV, to, to TV. And if you're watching the video, I'm using air quotes around there um, because in 2017, he was the show is being brought to the CW seed. Um, sorry if that pause right there got you a little excited, but there will be five episodes, each of them about six to ten minutes long, that have been ordered. And Matt Ryan, who played the live action Constantine, will be back to voice the character. Um, and then we will also get Greg Berlanti, will be the executive producer. I mean, and as the article puts it here, because he's not already, it's not like he's already, you know, not the executive producer on you know, the other four CW shows, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, um, that he's already doing. Plus, I believe he's still doing, um, he's a, an executive producer on um, Blind Spots and a few other shows that aren't on CW. So, yeah, the dude apparently just doesn't want to sleep. Um, but, yeah, so this is pretty cool. Um, and as a bonus, all 13 episodes of the live-action Constantine series show that aired on nbc will be will will continue to be available or will be brought back to the cw seed um and then the show joins animated series vixen in its second season um and yes this is the same vixen that appears in live action arrow uh live action on arrow um and then Not also the vixen that's showing up in legends of tomorrow right yeah. now yeah and then also slated to debut on the cw seed is freedom fighters the ray um, specifically the modern version of the character, not the Golden Age version, a.k.a. Happy Terrell. Um, the Ray will also be openly gay, which is a first for an animated series lead. So... Now, am I wrong? Is Matt Ryan also playing Constantine in the Justice League Dark animated film? Yes, he is. He is He is voicing that um, for the Justice League Dark animated film, which I believe comes out soon. It's the next... Um, movie for the DC animated movie lineup. Um, so does that is that confusing at all? In that the the Justice League Dark film has characters like Batman in it, uh, but then the same Constantine goes over to Arrow uh, from from this show, and there is no Batman in that universe so far. Uh, or is it just too much to read into it because fuck continuity? Um, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Um, because I mean, here, this is well, I don't know because it's a little bit tricky because you have. I'm looking at the cast list right now on Wikipedia for Justice League Dark, um, where you do have John Constantine, you have Batman, Zatanna. Dead Man, Etrigan the Demon, um, Felix Faust, Destiny, Swamp Thing. Um, but then you have a few other people in here who are um, a little bit more familiar, shall we say? Um, like I already mentioned Batman, but you also have Jerry O'Connell doing Superman, um, Rosario Dawson voicing Wonder Woman. Um, the same actor who is voicing Swamp Thing is also voicing John John Stewart Green Lantern. Um, so yeah, out of all of those, the main Justice League characters, I believe I only recognize one as being in the DC universe or the Arrowverse shows. 
And we also have another problem with that because he's he was he's in the other universe. He's over in the little pocket world with with uh, Supergirl. Um, so if you really wanted to get super technical, super tricky, yeah, it could get a little confusing. I mean, I'm mostly talking shit because it really doesn't matter. It, it, no, the, yeah. the viewership of both, honestly, the the viewership for the the DC animated universe stuff itself isn't super high, um, and and isn't expected to have crossovers with the live action shows. And I'm sure that the viewership for the CWC is probably even lower. Although that's not to to comment on the quality, and it doesn't really fucking matter. What it's cool. It's cool that Matt Ryan, who who was Constantine on screen, gets to continue playing Constantine, crossing over to the Arrow universe, and then doing the animated series and getting to do the animated movie. I like that. That's like Kevin Conroy what? being Batman in as yeah. many fucking cartoon incarnations as possible. I, I'm loving that he's on Justice League action, even if not all the other voices are played by people who played the characters in Justice League before. Yeah. the What I would say is... Because this for, again, going back to the Justice League Dark film, they had, uh, the story was done by Ernie um, Altbacker, who also wrote the screenplay, and J.M. DeMatteis. So it's one of those things, like, if they could get great writers doing this as well, then I have no problem with that, you know, doing the CWC shows. And the other part I would add is with maybe we could, keep getting you know constantine popping up over in arrow or flash or legends um whenever there's a more mystical side of things well it is interesting that the cw um online is going to get the rights to play the constantine show which was on nbc so it's cool that those rights kind of fell onto them but that's that's interesting been, because yeah. it's, it was an NBC show. I'm surprised it's not an NBC. It's not that they're doing any online catalog. It would just wind up sitting in your Comcast uh, <laughs> on-demand stuff. But good that that happened because maybe that means that somewhere down the road, the rights, because they belong to Warner Brothers, do kind of fall in. And we do get to see more Constantine. And maybe more of his universe that was introduced in the in the CW universe somehow, um, yeah. with the, with the deal worked out with Supergirl and how that seems to be working for them, it could be that this is the potential for the next thing. A lot of those characters that were in the Justice League Dark animated film, it wouldn't take a lot to get them on TV. I mean, Swamp Thing has had his own show and movie and cartoon series before. So we know that if we could do that in the 80s, like we did a Flash show in the 80s, then there's no reason why it can't come back in the in the 2000 teens. Uh, it, it, it could work if we had a Justice League Dark TV series, because it would probably work easier than having a Justice League proper TV series. Yeah. Even with the introduction of Superman to the the DC TV universe. So many fucking initials, man. It's just tough. <laughs> Um, the what I, what I will say with that though is, it does seem like it, it seems like a smart decision because you're also getting much like with Marvel's uh, the Marvel movies side of things, where it wasn't until really 
Doctor Strange that we got it. We really got into magic mm-hmm. in in the in there. I think this is sort. They're sort of playing, you know, borrowing an idea from them of DC, the DC and uh, Greg Berlanti and all them guys are doing with this. It's where it's like, okay, we're going to use Constantine since that's been the biggest success that we've had, you know, in modern history. Granted, I mean, it's the only, really, only the one that they've done. Um, but there was a big fan reaction to Matt Ryan as Constantine, um, mainly because Neo cannot play Constantine. <laughs> um, I'm not bitter. Don't put it past Keanu. Keanu can do a lot of goddamn things. Of course, yeah. none of this is going to matter at all if, say, for instance, because I mean, they've all gone to pot. I, I just have to assume that all of the CW superhero shows are going to be canceled after this season, correct? Why, sir, you are wrong. How um, does that happen? Um, at what was it? The um, over the holiday break, all the CW sh- or the CW put out a press release with the news that the Flash, Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl were all renewed for the 2017-2018 television series, and along with those shows, the CW also renewed. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for a third season, Jane the Virgin for a fourth season, and Supernatural for a 13th season. Holy freaking cow, this is the only show on the CW that predates the CW. That's, well, hmm. I'm trying to think. This is the only show. I mean, the- there were shows that crossed over that came from other networks, like Whose Line Is It Anyway? Suck but it! Was it on, <laughs> but was it on UPN or WB? No, that's it because it had a, a actual fucking audience. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean by the whole supernatural thing. Like, there's no, we're not seeing the fifteenth season of Rock Me Baby because that show was shit, even though I loved it. Um, we're not, we don't still see the what would, would have been like what twenty fifth episode of, or season of Smallville if it was still going now. I mean, oh. I I was the the Buffy <laughs> follower. I, I I brought them over. Yeah, but I mean, so this is pretty cool. I mean, for people who are enjoying, um, like this guy, I'm still enjoying the superhero shows. Um, you know, and you know, especially with the DC stuff, I've given up on Batman on Gotham. Um, so it's like I don't even consider that one to be a thing. That's I not could, even a DC show. That is, yeah. that is just someone fucked around and said, oh, like, can we use everything in the Batman universe except for Batman? You know, all the stuff that, that would be cool if we had a guy dressed up as a bat in it, but somehow you take him out and it's not? Yeah. I mean, how pissed are you going to be if they have an episode where Jim Gordon gets an Iron Man style suit? I don't give a shit. <laughs> 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 that is exactly what i expect from that piece of crap i i don't give a god damn what they do with that show yeah but no i mean but in all in all honesty i mean i look at this and it it does alleviate a little bit of worry that i had because there was a a blog post a while back ago um that said that um, Legends of Tomorrow because it's coming to Tuesdays um, when it comes back it could be on its last leg um, 
and that they were doing this for iZombie and for apparently also for Riverdale. Uh, both of which have not been renewed yet. I mean, Riverdale hasn't even hit the air yet, as far as I know. Yeah. And iZombie hasn't started its new season yet. Correct. So it makes sense that they haven't been renewed. But that's that's the thing is that, yeah, you, you get the, the whole kitten caboodle of all of these shows at once got the renewal. Yeah. And I assume with that comes contracts for some of the characters that do the crossovers, like John Barrowman and Wentworth Miller that were going across multiple yeah, series. Yeah, John Barrowman, Wentworth Miller, um, uh, Dum Dum Dugan, Damian Dark, uh, Neil McDonough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think there was one more. Um, oh, um, Stein. Um, I think they all have um, what I will just call Arrowverse contracts um, where they are not show specific. Right, but they are, but so I, I mean, I and I could possibly see more going to that. Um, and honestly, I I think this is good because all these shows, this is a this is a good interesting problem that the CW has with all these superhero shows, and a lot of the show or some of the shows hint at potential spinoffs, and it's like. Well, we're not at the point where we're going to end Arrow to do a spinoff of, you know, you know, Speedy or uh, Wild Dog or, you know, whoever. Well, the thing is, is that the characters that are all the, the secondary characters on Arrow could easily go over to a show like Legends of Tomorrow because yeah. that's got a revolving cast anyways. Uh, you have 40 fucking speedsters running around on Flash. I'm sure any other show could could take one of them off their hands. Um, that that's it's kind of my thing with I I am not in a happy place with the DC superhero shows. That this season has been tough for me, and it may be that it's just too much of a good thing. Yeah, it, it may be that they're because they all feel the same because they are from the same creators. Um, they're all pretty reliant on the same tropes over and over again. Uh, the time travel thing has just burnt me out. And the fact that it's going through two series at the same time, and then it's introducing elements into other series like, oh, where the fuck did this other Laurel come from on Arrow? I don't know. Fucking time travel shit happened. Um, yeah. I, I just, I'm not really excited about it. And because it's the same plots again and again and again like here's some super speedster that's just as fast or faster than barry that wants to prove to him that he's the best and uh talks with some weird voice and shit so you don't know who it is but it's somebody that you fucking know because they're in the same room the whole time uh (laughs) i just jesus christ three seasons of that okay um i i just i think that if it was one or two shows there's so much to mine, but when you're trying to do four shows and when you're trying to do CW seed animated series and things, then it kind of becomes like just spread out too much to be good, well, which is weird with- because the comics can do it, but the comics can be more individualized. The comics yeah. come with a different art style. They come with a different writing style because they're coming from different people. And these things are all kind of homogenized to be similar. That's what TV wants. TV wants the same. Uh, TV audiences want the same, 
And and I, I get that. It's just that after a while, it's just it's too much to keep up with for things that don't seem to vary enough to remain interesting to me. Yeah. I will add though that the CWC shows are only five to six episodes long. Yeah, and, and they're, they're short episodes. They're like 10 minutes. At yeah, best. And, and they're, you know, it's maybe like an hour length altogether. Um, but no, yeah, so I mean, this is this is an interesting thing to have happen, um, you know, with all of the shows getting renewed. And we'll probably see, you know, in you know four months, um, you know, other shows getting renewed. I will point out also, I will add that not on the list are shows like frequency and no tomorrow um that were new shows that came out you know in the fall um so i'm i don't want to be mr doom and gloom but um i think i heard that uh, that uh no tomorrow was was gone yeah yeah that's the first and i don't know about frequency but frequency didn't seem like it it didn't catch my eye at all I'll put it to you that way, but it didn't seem like it was going to be, it had that potential to last mainly because it seems like they were taking a premise from a movie and trying to stretch it out. Yeah. And, and I, I've got to say that for me personally, the most exciting, although I haven't watched this season just because too much TV, I I can't do it. Uh, crazy ex-girlfriend coming back for a third season. I'd, Man, Rachel Bloom just is it, such an amazing actress, writer, creator, and the whole ensemble cast is phenomenal on that show. And it it is different from anything else that better. they have going. Oh, I'm sure. Got, as a person who's watched the se- this second season so far, holy cow! Um, I got mad at myself that I didn't that I forgot that it premiered. Um, this is almost made when it ha- that happened. I'm like, wait, I got episodes I got to catch up on. Gosh, if only I did a segment on a podcast where I talked about shows that were leaving and premiering. <laughs> Gosh, oh, uh, but no, I mean, the and this gets me every time. And there's a part of me in the back of my head, I'm like, they have like 22 different versions of the intro because they redid the intro. Um, it's not the uh, weird owl sounding um song it's a whole new song and in the first episode they explain it like why they have this song but um that but basically at the end they have like these uh vegas showgirl style who are holding hearts and the hearts form together to make josh's face with a bigger around a bigger heart (laughs) and then it cuts to a picture of that and then rachel bloom's character just goes bam and through her head and she just stands there like smiling every time and it holds so long and i'm like is this it is it gonna go is it gonna freeze come on go and i swear it's different links every time because i'm like blink damn it blink (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's she's brilliant she is absolutely brilliant and that show is brilliant and and like I said, it, it's it's a show I'm upset that I haven't been able to watch, but I, I'm definitely going to catch up on it at one point. And I'm I'm yeah. just excited that it's it's getting well, love. That people are seeing it and enjoying it and that it's getting recognition. And it got, I think, an Emmy or something in the first season. It, it did uh, really got, well. got a Golden Globe in Golden the first Globe. season. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, I think 
I don't know if this one was. I know it's with the CW shows where it's only like what three weeks after they finish airing on um on the CW, they will premiere on who on Netflix. Oh, so I don't have no idea. Yeah, I remember. I think we talked about that in an earlier episode. Um, if I was a brilliant editor, like like at Marvel Comics or DC Comics, I would have the little annotation thing at the side. See episode, whatever of Else Nerds. Um, but I wonder if that would expand to Crazy Ex Girlfriend because then you would only have to wait, you know, until you know, middle of June, beginning of July. That would be great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that is it for the Else News. We will be right back. If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com slash support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. And we are back, and it is time for Else Views. Um, Corey renamed all the segments, so and I'm loving this. But this used to be the nerding out segment. But this is basically the section where we talk about a TV show, movie, game, music, or whatever nerdy thing we want to talk about in depth. Um. I'm going to go first with one. And if Corey, if you don't have something, I got backups. Uh, actually, that. that's the thing is I, I knew exactly what you were going to talk about with this one. I watched the first episode of this. I have not seen the second one yet. So don't be a dick. Nope. Oh, you can. That's right. We say at the beginning that we're dicks. <laughs> so sure. Go ahead. Um. So this one, it's uh. well, first off, I'm going to say I fucking called it last the last episode. Um. On a side little thing about the Mick, um, the pilot was exact, almost like a shot-for-shot shot remake of Sons of Tucson. Um, the second episode sort of redeemed itself a little bit, but episode, it's like, this is just Sons of Tucson with Caitlin Olsen as opposed to Tyler Levine. Um, Which itself sounds like an improvement. <laughs> I, no, no offense. I mean, some offense maybe a little bit to Tyler, but it, Caitlin Olsen is a badass. Yeah. She is a comedy fucking mastermind and and she comes from a a troop of them in always sunny but even on her own like anything i've seen her and she's yeah. just yeah mate but no, i just want to add, point that out before we got into our nerding out of sherlock season four or as ellen cummings says it on masterpiece sherlock um but yeah so the first two episodes have have aired so far um, everything first... sounds better when you're cummings <laughs> not goings yeah. Um, but the first two episodes are out. The first episode of the season or the season was called um the two the six Thatchers. I almost said the two Thatchers. We lost four of them. Um and then the second episode was the lying detective. And um I want to get your opinion on the uh on the six Thatchers. In what regard? Because I've heard um a lot of people and actually um, before I watched the second episode, I actually tuned to PBS a little early and saw a behind-the-scenes thing on the first episode. Um, and it talked a lot of people had I had seen a lot of people talk about the fact that like, oh, this isn't the, this is the more James Bond and not Sherlock Holmes. All right. So first and, of all, let let's reestablish like we do at the beginning. This is going to be spoilery. 
And and I'm saying in particular about this episode because heavy shit goes down in this episode. Um, so if you if you if you watch Sherlock and you're just like, oh, I haven't gotten to this one yet, or you're like me and you go, is BBC or PBS or uh, ABC, another bad creation, Belle Biv DeBeau, uh, just whatever you, your your <laughs> process is. If you haven't watched it yet, you're probably gonna wanna you're gonna wanna skip over the else views right now to go see at least the first one and 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 Sherlock the episodes we 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 know they're like mini movies anyways but they yep. are continuity in the fact that um it matters that you see them in order it matters yes. because there is a through point for all of them as it goes along you are growing with these characters they are changing they are learning they are suffering uh all of these things do happen in in a respect that that coincides with how the story lands um but when you watch an episode it's like having seen another film so by the time you get to this point it's like watching the harry potter films you know you're you're nine films in or whatever and and you've got a feeling for these characters and so when shit happens to them yeah now we're at 10 um but when shit happens to them it it's a big effect on you as a viewer and as a fan so again just to warn you we're going to talk this out yes um and i I have to say the the through point you hit that on the head um because where the six statures and i'm being vague on it now more for the effect that we haven't talked about it yet but the the end of the six statures is essentially the beginning of the lying detective um and what i will say right now also as a broad generality is the lying detective is a i would almost say a perfect um mashup of classic sherlock holmes um and benedict cumberbatch's sherlock holmes um and i'm gonna leave it at vague like that but I want, I, want, I want to hit her first on the six Thatchers um, because this was also, in my opinion, a great send off for um, for uh, Mary, Mary Watson. Um, and, and this with this story, um, you are you come in and you know nothing about this. You just know people are smashing um, st- busts of Margaret Thatcher. Uh, well, the... back up for a second, because when we come in it, and they, oh, yeah. they do reestablish that, so they skip over a lot of the stuff that happened in the special. The I guess it was a holiday special that happened yeah. uh, fucking two years ago now. Um, that was last year. But it, was it last? It seems like it was longer than that. Um, but they, uh, they but kind of the Christmas they, they pick up more where they left off at the end of the last season or series. Yes. When the where. Sherlock kills the guy with the 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 mind castle and shit and goes away and then they bring him back and they kind of excuse him of it because Moriarty is has returned in some way and so a lot of the opening is the idea of Sherlock preparing to meet the challenge of Moriarty and going through the motions of all these other cases and stuff he's supposed to solve so they kind of like they introduce the idea that the Moriarty thing is going to happen 
and he's he's mentally prepping himself and he's trying to just wait it out by solving all these various cases and that's what leads into this case of the six thatchers yes so forget what brought it on oh it was a oh it was a kidnap or was a kidnapping um what was suspected to be a kidnapping at first um or no murder it was a murder it was yeah. it was a random murder that they couldn't figure out uh dead body found in a car that had been dead for a week yep when they had just seen the car was empty and the the person was supposed to be in another country was supposed to be in tibet yeah and so sherlock comes in and he notices with his brilliant minds of deduction that you know the mom has ocd and there is a big spot missing on this um on this t- nightstand or table that is a basically a tribute to margaret thatcher um you know the former prime minister of england and the first female prime minister of england and they, they point out that yeah there is a there was a bust of her that got busted ha 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 um and we later find out that the you know going back to the last series um or season i will switch between these because you know doing a british podcast for a while you get stuck in your head if it airs in britain it's called a series um but uh you learn that mary was in this like special forces uh get up and this it it does more back backstory with with them with the agra um and you have I mean, it, it just this brilliant storytelling about her and it's and i wish i would have caught sooner her demise um I'll put it here spoiler she's she dies at the end um but it because it, like looking back at it now it makes sense but then i'm just like this is great storytelling what the fuck sort of thing <laughs> Um, yeah, so so we go through we go through the rigmarole of of Sherlock trying to solve this case, and in in like walking in and already knowing the answer to the case, but finding another mystery that he assumes is the Moriarty leading him on to the bigger thing. He starts following this whole other thing down the rabbit hole and kind of dismissing the family who just realized that their son is dead uh, because yeah. he's far more interested in this thing with the six Thatchers, which is basically Thatcher heads uh bus being broken and randomly and trying to figure out why um and what we find out is that it actually has nothing to do with moriarty at all it leads into the problem of mary's background of being a spy assassin and on her last mission her team all being what she thought was killed one of them escapes from where they were all held and tortured and has assumed that she was a a double agent and yeah. is coming after her accordingly. So we go through the the things. Probably one of the just most brilliant Sherlockian things is Mary drug Sherlock goes into hiding, like uses dice to randomly choose where she's going to go, how she's going to move around, what she's going to do to keep everything off of her trail. And she just like, she disguises herself as a uh, old lady on a plane. Then she knocks out a stewardess and disguises herself as the stewardess, uh, gets documents that she has planted in one of her safe places, 
uses that, goes just like across oceans, through the deserts, everything you can think of, walks into this place in what I'm assuming is probably like Tibet or something. It and was, then there's Sherlock um, sitting there. It was Morocco, I thought. Morocco, yes. Yeah, and like, there's Sherlock sitting there having tea with somebody. And she's like, how the hell did you find me? And he like gives this long explanation of like, no, there's 40 billion ways that I could figure out how to do that. And then he's like, but actually what it did is I put a tracer on the on the flash drive that you had. And it's just <laughs> so perfect. Um, it's just, she walks in, she sees him and she's like, what the fuck? And just, he just cuts her off. And that is like a great moment because it shows the humor and it shows the relationship between him and Mary and what, what a lot of this episode is, is that Sherlock has had to fake his own death before. And in the last series that they had, Sherlock had to adjust to Mary's relationship with John Watson. And it leads from them first dating to getting closer and Mary and Sherlock getting to know each other. And then the reveal after their wedding of who Mary actually is. Um, and Sherlock has made a promise to protect her at all costs, protect her and John at all costs. And now they have a child and protecting that baby at all costs. So it, it shows the humanity that Sherlock has, even though he's still standoffish. He's grown as a person when it comes to the people that matter to him. Yeah. And that's, I think, a huge portion of what this story does is that it's not as much about the mystery. It's about the journey of Sherlock's growth as a person and the the relationship between John and Mary and what's going on there because they are experiencing the not the low point of a relationship but they are going through the times where it's not necessarily fun and exciting anymore you know John's used to running around with Sherlock but now he's got a baby and they have responsibilities so he and his wife often don't get to see each other and when they do it's in passing the baby on to each other so they can both go out and do their things uh, be it helping solve crimes or whatever. And so, and this was a tough part of this episode is we see John start to stray. Yeah. Uh, we see John not being as totally enamored with his life with Mary, who he truly loves. Mm -hmm. He absolutely does. And I think that that leads into part of why he reacts and the way he does to Sherlock at the end is he, he reacts to Sherlock basically saying how he failed them, how he promised to protect them. But I think his anger is really more at himself because while he's sitting there and he's seeing this woman that he loves and he would have given anything to save in that moment, die in his, in his arms and he can't do anything about it. He also knows that while she's telling him how he was everything to her and how the only reason that she could even see existing is her happiness and being Mary Watson He's thinking about the fact that he pretty much cheated on her. I don't know if it's established that he actually went all the way with it, but even when he started to break it off, he saw the it's... woman that he was trying to break it off with, and then they kind of continued. And 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 even if not in the act, in in just the thoughts, yeah. in just the pursuit, in just the allowances, he he was cheating on her, and that's they, yeah. They 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 do hit on that in the second episode where it was only texts. Um, okay but, but it's but still it was you're you're hitting it on the head even though it was only texts it was th there is a lot of regret and this is, you, you do see in the second episode you see him having a lot of regret in the fact that 
where it was only text messages, he wasn't 100% faithful to Mary. Where here, she was. She was faithful enough to tell him her real name, to tell her, to tell him everything she had done and all that, to give her, to give him the, this is my life, this is what I've done device, and him to trust at that time just to trust her enough just to throw it in the fire like we saw last in uh, series three um he felt like he didn't quite live up to that yeah now the other thing is it's 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 an inside baseball thing it's not something that i want to think too much about but there is the aspect that martin freeman and amanda ablington had been married for 15 years and they ended their marriage mm-hmm. this past year. Uh, p- presumably they were already in the midst of that when this was being filmed. And it, it it's not like this caused Mary's character to be killed because we know from the books, we know from the history of the John Watson character that he's been married multiple times, uh, that, there was not just one woman in his life in the book. So they can follow that into this series and show reasons why he would be with different people. But it is kind of a weird reflection to see them having broken up in real life and then see her character leave the series suddenly at the same time. It feels like it might be harsh, uh, even if it's not. Yeah. Um, So the what I will say about the second episode, and I am going to be kind to Corey, mainly because the discovery of how things went, I enjoyed. Um, the second episode does kick off, and you hit it. You hit it on the head earlier with, um, in the spoiler tag warning stuff that. Sherlock is one of them shows that has where it's not episodic or it's it is episodic it's not like Black Mirror where you can come in at any episode and watch whatever episodes you want um it's one of those it is there is there are through lines throughout here they've set up that through line you and it's one of those it's one of the things I love about Stephen Moffat and uh, Mark Gaddis with their writing you know from seeing them from Doctor Who over to this where they play the long con they will they will set something up here to where you're like wait did they reshoot that um i i'm thinking of with doctor who for the 50th anniversary special where they're pulling at stuff that i i, I swear they pulled up stuff from when uh stephen moffat was just a writer f- during the david Tennant era not the showrunner and i'm like has he been setting this up this whole time is he God sort of thing. <laughs> and, um, but, and so that continued here. The one thing that I will get back with you or that I will swing back on though, real quick is, um, how did you feel about the fight scenes in the, in this, the six statures? I felt a couple of things. One is, I mean, if you're going off of modern Sherlock Holmes, we saw in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock films how he utilized his skills to be able to have a have a quarrel with somebody, have get into a, a skirmish. 
where he measures things out. It even made it into the epic rap battles of history of Sherlock Holmes versus Batman, uh, which is still one of the best things ever. Um, <laughs> when we also have to understand that there's a establishment of, at this point in time, Sherlock has been in physical danger enough times that it makes a certain degree of sense that he would up his game when it comes to that. He would be able to defend himself, protect himself. And I don't think he did anything that was so totally out of character with him. It wasn't like he was doing James Bondian things where he was like leaping over moving cars yeah. and, and picking up guns and, and being a crack marksman, which it almost seems like he should. I think it was just enough, but it was a quick fight, but it was a hard fight. And he was fighting somebody who was apparently very skilled. Yeah. But but again, observations and reaction times are what Sherlock is about. When he sees how you move towards him, he, he notices things out of the corner of his eye and says, oh, there's something not right over that table by the, what's missing as opposed to what's there. That's what he does. So I get how they utilize in this. It just, I can see why it would be off-putting because we've gotten to the assumption that he's a very cerebral character and that's how we perceive him overall. He is, and I'm going to quote something from Mark Gaddis in the behind-the-scenes stuff that they aired um, before uh, The Lying Detective. In the in the novels, um, Sherlock is an accomplished boxer. Sherlock is an accomplished fencer. Yep. Um, so me, what I took with that is sort of going, what would prevent him from, what would prevent Sherlock, a modern day, uh, you know, living in uh, 2017 Sherlock, what would prevent him from learning, you know, various martial arts techniques like Krav Maga or, you know, Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Muay Thai, um, you know, or, you know, how to be a marksman with a gun um, to where it might look. I'm going to say it anyways. I don't know if it was, if it's this one, if it's for the second episode, I apologize, but where he's able to pull off shooting a gun crazily. I'm realizing this is the second episode to where people are like, what is going on? What is, is he, is he going to hit me? And him able to be like, I know you're there. I'm still shooting the gun because I know it's going to go here not here right so, and, and that's the thing is it seems like something that he would do strictly to show off it yeah. seems like something he would do just to have people react like how the hell can you do that i'm fucking <laughs> sherlock holmes have you not been paying attention i i just look look at me look at the coat yeah. <laughs> i'm sherlock that's yeah no exactly um and all that. so i will i will say for the line detective i loved it um it set it is um, I think Sherlock early on had the thing of um, first episode is great, middle episode, middle episode was a little blah. Third episode, was middle great. episode feels like because it, it's usually the first episode is setting up for the season. The last episode is the payoff for the season, so the middle episode is not necessarily a filler episode, but it is a. It's not going to give you that that throughput story yeah. getting done. Um. But I, I don't think they're ever weak. And the fact is that there's only three episodes ever in a season. So it's I, I, not like yeah. you're waiting a long time to get to that last one. It's it's I probably shouldn't say weak. I'd say the weaker of the three. 
it's not looked at with the same degree of yeah. of importance because one and three are usually where they land. Yeah. Um, I, 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 since I haven't seen the second one, I can't say what the comparison is, but I know that a lot has been made about the actor who's playing the presumed villain in that and mm-hmm. what kind oh, of characters he's, he's playing. Yeah, and that he is. So he it is seems like great. they're they're not holding back on the second episode in this. No, yeah, that, that's exactly actually what I was going to say is it didn't seem like like this is going to be the weaker episode of them. Now, on the other hand, though, you can't say that the importance of the first episode isn't a big deal. But it's strange because we've only had in a final turn uh, five episodes of Mary. Yeah. You know, we had the, the three in the last season and then we had a bit of her in the special as a as some as herself and some not as herself. And, you know, this episode here. So Mary's story, it, it feels like she's been a part of it for far longer, but that's because there's only been, you know, now 12 episodes. Uh, yeah. it, it's kind of weird because it, it feels like it's been so long for her. It feels like it's been so long for them. It, it feels like a very dense amount of story. It is, but a lot of it is because there's just so long in between seasons and, and they're short. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, what I, what I will say with the second episode is it doesn't, it doesn't quit. It, it's, it's really great. It is really cerebral. Um, it, I said it earlier, it is the perfect combination of the classic Sherlock Holmes, like going from the books, Sherlock Holmes, but putting on the, um, the, the Benedict Cumberbatch, this is the beginning of the season twist, um, to it, you know, the beginning of the show twist, you know, with, uh, uh, studying pink. Um, they do have, uh, this is minor, but they do have Sherlock get, doing drugs in here, but how that pays off, you're like, wait, what? How, why? Oh my gosh. This dude is freaking crazy, but in a good way. Um, sorry deal. But yeah, so, I mean, that being said, I cannot wait for this sunday with the third episode in this season um yeah it almost sucks to like we want to tell people because this is something that we both watch we're very excited to watch um but then there's only three episodes and it's not like we come back next week and we could talk about the (laughs) the last episode because it's just like it's two weeks of straight sherlock that's it uh sherlock podcast coming to you once every four years (laughs) Uh, (laughs) on galactic network yeah um but no yeah so check that out um it airs sherlock airs at 9 p.m eastern and pacific on pbs and then airs, I believe, at the same time, nine or ten, um, on BBC One in the UK. Um, wherever else, you know, figure it out. Um, so real quick, because we did we did talk a lot about that, but I wanted to hit another nerding out just so we have the balance there. 
and it's a comic book um, because I've been reading comic books. Actually, I got two of them. Um, one is a series, um, Civil War II. Um, I hit it in the news segment, and I want to touch base on it here. Um, so Civil War II was written by Brian Michael Bendis, um, and they finished. Want to call that writing? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's it's. I mean, it's an interesting premise here that I don't think the ramifications were all that great. Um. So to, to start this off, there is a new and human that is um, emer- that has emerged named Ulysses, who has the ability to um, quote unquote predict the future. Um, how he does that is sort of determined by the information that is coming to him um, and all that. So two sides get brought up tony stark wants to um protect the future um you know by not using his power by not using ulysses powers because he feels like it's only a possibility um you know and this is getting too bit minor too much like minority report and i think they even mentioned minority report numerous times throughout the the main book and the Call out the thing you're ripping off. Always a yeah. smart idea to do that. <laughs> but, and then uh, Captain Marvel wants to utilize uh, Ulysses to bring, um, to, uh, to protect, you know, to basically do Minority Report, you know, to be, to get this predictive um, justice going out because they had, two really good well one really good and then one ended bad um usings of his ability where you stopped a um a giant cosmic like galacticized creature from destroying the planet and then the other one you stopped you successfully predicted when thanos would come to a research facility a shield research facility so you're able to save a bunch of people um and then get your boyfriend killed and your best friend put in a coma um in James Rhodes uh, war machine uh got obliterated um by Thanos and then She-Hulk was thrown in a coma um and yet she still kept Marvel still continue wanted to continue on going um so we do I will say the weak points were the middle issues were issues four five and six um because it didn't seem like there was a lot that was happening that is every bendis event (laughs) ever um well but not only that because bendis at also while he was writing this was also still writing the iron man book the i believe he just wrapped um invincible iron man um was writing spider-man and i think there might have been another book but it seems like those books especially the, the ones for the i was assuming he's doing the miles morales spider-man too yeah yeah the, the that's the spider-man and he had been doing the guardians books yep and the guardians that was it the other one uh the guardians of, of the galaxy book um he's so he's writing all these so he is able to spread the story out amongst the, them all there was like a good 
Because that's the thing that Bendis doesn't have enough of is room to spread a story out yeah. over a seven issue series that becomes eight issues by the end of every fucking Marvel event book. Uh, oh, we, we're giving you an extra issue. It's going to take 12 months for it to come out, but fuck it. Uh, yeah. And you'll see other ramifications in books three to six months before you actually see the end of its own title. Yeah, that's that's that is the one thing I will give Marvel credit for where they did give us the extra issue, it didn't seem like it took as long to get to to get to this book. And but this one it felt like a more of a delay because of the artist. And I'm blanking on the artist of the book. Um, but he had some uh personal issues come up while they were drawing while he was doing the art. So they they actually got um you know, a lot of the other artists to, to help out with this. Um, it was actually my pick for um, Galactic Radio's pull list two, three weeks ago when it came out. Uh, it was David Marquez. Um, and yeah, again, David- I want to point out every Marvel event seems to have the artist towards the end needs help from other artists to come step in to help catch up Um or or do pages along the way every marvel event but this has one was different because it's not it's no, not different one... you you are fucking you are you are the in the burning bed right now because you have just you are excusing your abusive so, boyfriend no, so you so you are saying... saying no it means he loves me and he's going to get better it's never going to fucking get better it's jaws 4 it started as shit it remained as shit it finished as shit and it was 9 fucking years <laughs> long so you're telling me that because a dude who is drawing a comic book um i don't remember exactly what it was but it was a family thing like a family thing had gotten in his way and if that, you oh, it's marvel was thrown under the fucking bus and say you better come out and say it was a family we have a prepared speech because <laughs> the guy who wrote the last one had it already written for you it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter bendis will sign off on it you'll stutter a lot and pause <laughs> and sound just like luke cage um that's the same fucking deal over it's like clockwork and by clocks i mean not a human clock that goes at an actual perpetual motion of time because they don't they just fucking trail off it is ridiculous and i don't blame the if the artist actually had a fucking problem i'm sorry man i get it i understand i don't take issue with you you know i take issue with fucking marvel and their fucking bullshit editors and the fucking bullshit writers who do this shit every time knowing full well how it's gonna happen how it's gonna turn out and they never change their fucking mentality to like let's get this in the bag before we fucking start putting it out there because maybe shit's gonna fall apart at the end and we're gonna pop on an extra issue to a guy who already can't make a fucking deadline every fucking time when DC can get out a book every two weeks for a title consistently for now six months or so, and Marvel can't do their biggest fucking event and their numbers are tanking, even though they charge up to two to three dollars more an issue for their shit for no extra content. Fuck Marvel. Fuck them in the asshole. And by that, I mean, I'm sorry if you had some family issues. Yes. Um... But fuck Marvel. Fuck them in the asshole. 
but in all seriousness with this because i and where i will admit i did not pay for the comics um um, because i'm a filthy filthy pirate who needs more money to afford to buy all the comics that he wants to read um this is one of those like i did enjoy the story it did have this this end to it that did seem a little natural um a little bit natural they did hint because you hit on one of the things that marvel does where the last issue always gets pushed back to when the the book that would premiere outside of it or from it premieres before that book ends um so with this one it was um the what invincible iron man uh the one with riri williams infamous iron man the one with dr doom champions which i believe champions was the one that had had it the most but with where it debuted or with where it premiered it it was it seemed like that was the most okay because uh the the champions which if you don't know who they are they are the uh um sam alexander miles morales uh kamala khan um amadeus cho and uh viv uh viv vision um cyclops and cyclops and the young cyclops um they had all left well the first three had already left the avengers because of this war because and you know and with their series tie-ins you see how this affects them like it affect it affected miss marvel the most um actually well her and miles morales um just because it's like we respect both sides we see where it's coming from both sides but you know, like like you see in the Miss Marvel tie-in, you could see how it can so easily be twisted into, oh, you're going to jaywalk in a week. Let's throw you in jail right now because of that sort of thing. And so they're like, we're done. We we quit. We, you guys bitch and moan amongst, amongst yourselves. We're going to go over here and we're going to actually do some good in the world and all that. And that's where, and so that's where, when the, and which is sort of the opposite tact of what the first civil wars had, which was the whole thing happened because of the young heroes, the new warriors that were trying to be celebrities on TV and doing a reality show, got all gung ho and went and fought somebody who was way outside of their league. They couldn't contain him and he blew up and destroyed a whole town full of people and killed yeah. most of the team. Uh, until they all came back and fucking they turned speedball independence of what kind of bullshit fucking <laughs> crap. Um, yeah. So, uh, as a non-reader of this book, because fuck, uh, I'm hearing most of all what this did is it just basically took any kind of empathy for Captain Marvel and destroyed it. Because this is a person who is okay scene, with her. They fucking killed Bruce Banner because of the promise that some shit might happen. The Hulk might go crazy. The Hulk goes crazy all the fucking time. But they all show up there and then Hawkeye just shoots him in the face. Um, yeah. yeah. And and she, the fucking shit with Rhodey dying and everything else. It's just, it's such utter bullshit. And it makes no sense that there is a acceptance of this. Like the series starts out or, or maybe just before the series, there's the thing where the president is talking to James Rhodes saying, 
you know, you might be someone that we groom to be the next president. And then it ends with him saying, well, your boyfriend's dead. How about you, bitch? And, and to Captain Marvel and no fucking sense at all. And that's a problem that Bendis has is he wants to get these ideas out there. He like these are the, the notes he wants to hit, but he has no way to make the story equal out to these moments happening. He just yeah. force feeds it to you and says, here, eat this shit. I wrote Spider-Man once. It was pretty good. Wish that could happen again. No, fuck you. Fuck you for not understanding what characterization means. Fuck you for not being able to stay true to who these people are. Fuck you for giving us another book where they can't be fucking heroes for five fucking pages, except to just stand around and talk to each other for like nine of them. I, I just don't get why this shit keeps happening. I don't yeah. understand. Like, it's not selling. That's a problem in and of itself. Retailers, comic retailers are falling apart right now. And they're falling apart because... Marvel is continuously pushing out relaunches of books with titles that don't fucking matter. You know, a thousand Deadpool spinoffs of characters that nobody wants and nobody's going to read. And all of their their basic characters are are getting replacements. And I, it's not like I have a problem with the fact that, oh, there's the young black woman who's Iron Man now. Well, you know, OK, I get it. You're trying to introduce something new. But every fucking book is starring somebody else in the role of a main character except for the one that stars Captain America where he is part of Hydra. So something fundamentally is fucked up that DC has now turned around and is getting it right and like, hey, we have all these really great characters that people seem to like way back in the day. We should make those kinds of books again. And Marvel's like as far fucking from that as possible. Yeah. And it, it's they're, hurting they're... the industry and it's hurting the fans and this continued idea of like here's this event that's going to lead into what is already announced the next fucking event which is the captain america event is coming up which comes out of civil war ii the giant success shithole that it was um because something happened where miles beat up captain america and that maybe in the future someday and they all went after miles morales like hey let's go beat up this little kid for maybe doing something to a guy that we just assume is our friend but we didn't really fucking verify shit now, DC wait, wait, has a you... detective. Yeah, DC has, has someone who actually like goes out and looks and says, "Hmm, um, none of this makes a lot of sense." Does Marvel have anybody like that? I I would assume it's Moon Knight, and he just goes, blah, 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 "I'm white," and runs off into the fucking dark. Um, no, no, Moonlight or Moon Knight actually right now is uh, like dealing with like trying to gather his multiple personalities back. Yeah, I feel like um, Marvel is doing that too. Yeah. Um, what I will say is with your analogy, I do feel like they are Marvel is, there are some of the writers in Marvel who are trying to turn the ship back around. Um, and I will cite reference Chip Zdarsky with, uh, him taking over the Star-Lord book because this is, uh, Star-Lord stranded on earth. Um, and doing you know trying to uh you know have have some sort of normalcy while being star lord but also being grounded because his ship got blown up because like you would say brian michael bendis yeah um, exactly oh shit um we uh we had a we had a spaceship and shit when we got here anybody got a spare spaceship what happened to the people who who do all the shit with spaceships it seemed like 
Everybody on this fucking planet had a spaceship at one point, right? Because I've seen you all. I've seen you fucking X-Men go up with a Shire and fight the Brood and stuff in space. Uh, I know that the Fantastic Four are fucking gone, but all their shit's in storage, right? Like, I can open up a locker <laughs> and pull out something that not even... Reed didn't even have to fake, and his fucking four-year-old daughter could have made some shit that was fucking stellar as fucking yes. crazy. I, I could maybe borrow some bum, bummy a fucking spaceship right now. Uh, Tony, Tony, oh, you're dead? Oh, comatose, whatever. I don't fucking know. You comatose, Tony, can make me a fucking spaceship. That's what you fucking do. Uh, or just give me some rocket boots and I'll fly there. I don't I don't give a fuck. Um, no, nobody really in the Marvel Universe, no spaceships for the fucking Star-Lord. So I'm just here. I'm just here now with my raccoon friend and a tree. All right. Uh, um. Yeah, uh, sure. This is going to work. Yeah. The other... Okay, so real quick, the other... This one is going to be really quick. The other book that I recommend um, is drawn by Neil Adams. This is a brand new book, drawn by Neil Adams, written by um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, and this is uh, Harley Quinn's Little Black Book, number five of six. Um, They got... And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Neil Adams draw the... Superman fighting Muhammad Ali, or was that? I believe else? so. Neil Adams has drawn a lot of yeah. stuff over time. Well, this is Neil Adams, and um, you know, doing the artwork, like I said. But this is Superman and Harley Quinn boxing each other to become champion of the world, and then fighting the the their captor's challenger to save the world. Um, and good god i love this book because it where it was longer it was i believe 41 pages long um it was well worth the read and see the art and stuff seeing it in here having harley breaking the fourth wall where she's addressing the readers and the editors and stuff like that it was freaking great and i feel like this would just emphasize everything you said in the rant about marvel um you know because it seems like dc is killing it right now and this is one of the books that they are definitely killing it in um but yeah and i so i highly recommend you pick up uh harley quinn's little black book number five um it came out last week um the uh last week of 2016 um but yeah so that is the else views and we will be right back I'm Carrie Sims. You may know me from the popular weekly internet game show podcast, Trivia Geeks, streaming live every Tuesday night at 9.15 Eastern, 8.15 Central. Like any podcast, Trivia Geeks started out as nothing more than an idea and a dream. Here at Blazing Caribou Studios, we believe in cultivating those dreams and ideas to bring fresh content to the masses. Click on over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com and click on the link Pitch Podcast Ideas. Your dream could be just one click away. All right, we are back, and it is time for else words. And if this is any, um, if I'd known I could have set Corey off so quickly, I would have made a different else view. But <laughs> we're doing it anyways. Um, so a while back ago, I don't even know when Marvel quit doing it, but Marvel would do when you bought the print edition of their comic book. They would give you a code for the uh, for a digital copy. 
Yeah, um, I can I can take you back. So uh, a few short years ago, uh, comic books were two ninety nine each, and and that that's not a small expense for what was at the time twenty four pages of of well twenty two pages maybe of story. Uh, two ninety nine. It it it's mathematically it it's an investment. It's 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 not a small investment, especially if you want to get younger readers in. And uh, at the same time, prices for paper were going fucking crazy, and 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 the the prices had already just gone up recently. They were like two fifty for a while. They were dollar ninety nine before that. Two ninety nine was was a pretty hefty point price point, and so a lot of people were like, "Hey, comics are are kind of expensive," and I found out that Marvel and DC don't do dick for trying to protect their their property. And so for some reason, every Wednesday before they even hit the store shelves, I can find scans of all these comics online on, on torrent sites and shit. Yep. So I'm just going to read my comics digitally and save myself the 40 bucks I would have spent this week on comic books. Maybe I'll go buy some image shit because it's not as easy to get. I don't know how it works that the smaller company has better protection of their property than, than the giant conglomerates of Marvel and DC, but that's the way I'm going to do it. Now, to combat this, <laughs> um, Marvel decided what we're going to do is we're going to up the price of our comics by a dollar. But in exchange... Oh, don't get me wrong. You feel like you're getting ripped off. You're probably sort of not. Um, uh, we're going to give you a code, a little sticker in the book that you can peel off. It's got a code on it, and you go to your computer, uh, check it, uh, and you you enter in that code, and then you get the digital copy of the comic that you're holding in your physical hands and this is good for you somehow um right yeah so marvel did that um dc did it on certain books as an option yeah i believe marvel did it with much like they're doing it now where it was all of them except for their all ages books it started it started yeah it started slow it was like their big sellers and then it went to everything and then everything was 399 and then they also dropped pages uh because then it was also like oh yeah well the 399 books will be will be 24 pages but the 299 books will be 20 and then it's like oh the the 399 books are 20 pages and everything's 399 now oh by the way hey here's our special issue that's 499 because it's number one or 599 because hey you're some bitch you don't fucking know what you're doing just open your fucking wallet little fanboy take it take it hard um that's what they did yeah and and so so the response let me tell you how this worked so people had their their single issues uh, the the ones who 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 fell into line uh another brick on the wall and and then they they had the codes and they're like now i can choose because i don't fucking need this twice i can choose to take the code and cash it in for myself and then sell the the fucking issue that i have uh cuz i don't need all that shit sitting around my house i have an ipad i i can just 
access these online. And this is also part of what helped comicsology get like more mainstream is like now these codes actually work somewhere. Um, or I can sell the code for a couple of bucks online and, and I'll have my physical issues because that's the way I prefer it. I don't know why the fuck this was ever done to me. I wish comics were two bucks again. That was apparently not good in Marvel's eyes is like, what? No, sharing of our books? How the hell am I going to fucking sell you a $50 hardcover of this in a month after it comes out? Uh, I mean, the day after it comes out because the last issue took three months to finally hit the stands longer than it was supposed to. What, what, what say you, dumb fanboy fool, that you can't, you can't not have an issue and then give an issue of the same... No, no, no. We've got a new plan, motherfucker. Gregor, yes. speak unto us the new plan. So the new plan is, and I am so regretting making this the discussion topic after picking uh, Civil War 2, um, but they Marvel has announced a change to its digital re- uh, redeem code. You've already told us about the, the redeem code. Now what it will be is um, for all the books, excluding all ages books, you will have a code that will give you at least one other digital comic. Um, it doesn't say when, and this is all beginning next month, um, but it will be, the plan is to offer readers extra content tied to a major Marvel event or series from the past. Um, one of the one of the free digital comics offered in February will be Civil War II, number zero, in time to, to promote the Civil War II collection on sale that month. Hey, Corey, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head here. Um, but it, I feel like this is really going to help Discovery because um, when I worked at Dollar General and I had people come in who were to ask about comic books um, just because they knew I was a comic book fan, um, they're like, well, give me some recommendations. And I'm like, okay, easy. Who are you? Like, who do you like now that you see it from the movies or from TV or whatever? And they go, this, and I'm like, all right, now I will spew off 20 different characters that they should be, or 20 different books that they should be reading that may or may not feature that character, but would have that style, um, or at very least will have that style from the character that the character is about, um, sort of that deal. This does that in a way. From what I've seen, what I've read about this, this does that. What this will do is you pick up a, you know, an um, Amazing Spider-Man number 15, I believe, or no, sorry, Spider-Man number 15, I believe is the next one, or no, no, it's 12, sorry. The one where uh, Miles Morales and and, uh, Spider-Gwen are kissing on the cover, and in the back of there, there might be a code for Old Man Logan number one, and, uh, or, you know, maybe uh, Spider-Gwen number one, and you know, like old man Logan number one, just because and all that. And this to me makes sense because it's going to help with this in theory will help with discovery. Um, you know, discovering, you know, different characters. Um, now, yes, it more like what it probably will be happening is it'll be the code will be, will work for like, like they gave the example of in time for this to come out, here's, you know, civil war number zero. And, and, you know, stuff like that. But my hope is that it would be bigger. 
So let me tell you why you're wrong. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is Marvel's great idea of basically they're going to love you, lovingly fuck you in the eye socket like Negan with Lucille. Uh, So here's, 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 here's you. I'm buying a comic. I, I've heard good things, probably not, but what? fuck it, let's say it. I've heard good things about this new Champions comic from from Mark Wade. And I and, like and that book. Thank you very I'm, much. I'm sure it's good. It looks fun. I love Mark Wade. I, and I think it's, 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 it's so good to get all these characters that most of which shouldn't fucking exist in this universe and, and put them together in a book and, and act like it made sense. Sure. Um, I, I'm reading Champions, and I think that this is... This is a fun book, and it's young characters, and it's 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 aimed at my generation. Uh, I'm obviously a millennial of some sort in this situation, and not 45 and bitter. And 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 I think that this is this is so cool. So Marvel, um, you 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 are charging me uh, quite a bit for this this book that I don't I don't know why it costs so much because. Um, paper what and 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 i'm as a millennial i don't even want paper i so you're giving me a a digital offering so i get to choose the digital offering from like like deadpool the duck looks cool that might be something else i might be interested in uh what say you marvel no fuck you little boy uh i i assume little boy because uh according to marvel girls don't read comics and um (laughs) and and so no fuck you in the ass uh, but not if you're underage, because we're not that kind of people. Uh, one person in the industry seems to be. I, we, we have decided that instead you will get a comic about a, a very old man who, who is like Wolverine, except decrepit and full of bullshit, and, and you will like it. You will suck it down, and you will choke on it, and uh, enough said, said Stanley one day. Um because now this is Wolverine as old as Stanley and and looks similar. I, I I don't like this because one you don't as a reader get the choice. Two, two. Here's the part that kills me is um. So they're gonna give you Civil War two number zero in this example. Civil War two, which is an event that just finished up, so it's to get you all prepped for the 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 collection that uh that here's 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 what I don't get. Um, that sounds like it's advertising your shit. And you know what, what you do to advertise your shit? You give that shit away, period. You don't take something away and then act like you're giving something good by giving it back of like, what? here's less. Here's less than what you had before. Oh, I, I liked this this thing maybe a little bit. I, I was dealing with it. I was like already in this conundrum of like, I don't want your digital offerings uh, I, I want one or the other for a better price, but I, I fucking dealt with it. And now what you're doing is you're saying, well, this thing that that sounded like uh, we, we pitched as being good for a while. It's it's not even that good now. Um, if you want to sell Civil War two, you fucking you give them. That's an ad. That's an ad. So I'm, I'm paying extra for a fucking commercial. Um, no. Uh, that's like paying a Hulu subscription for getting average. Oh, wait, no, that happened. All right, I get it now. I get it now, Marvel. I see where you go. New media, I understand. Um, I, I, I don't 
like it one it's probably going to be less things and and two marvel already does this thing in their in their collected works where they're like hey we only had four issues of this book because nobody was fucking buying it but we we do the the collections for six issues or more so here's some stuff from 1972 that nobody would ever pay to see printed now uh we're gonna put it in the back and we're still gonna charge you full price for this thing um i just think that it's such a shit idea in the point in time where we're seeing DC is selling comics for $2.99 and and giving you all new content, all new story, and and no extra filler that you don't need. You you get it all in one thing. And and this packaging and this concept of like it's not a free digital copy. It's not free because you upped the price to give us the digital copy in the first place. And now we're not even getting the digital copy of the book that we wanted to read. And it, it's if it's a code and like, oh, there's a list of things I can choose from, that is somewhat okay. The But if the, there's only like if there's only 10 comics to choose from and I buy 20 Marvel books, then I'm gonna get fucked anyways, because it's not like I'm not gonna run out of things to use codes for. <laughs> Now, are you saying up as in they're three ninety nine now? They will be four ninety nine, or no? I'm saying three ninety nine is a bullshit price for the fucking shit that Marvel puts out, um, which is twenty pages of story and then a digital copy that at least used to be the story that you wanted to read. Now it's not even that. Now it's a story that maybe you want to read, but it's a crapshoot. You don't fucking know. You you, you just like here's just here's shit we can't sell you because if they could fucking sell it they would this is this is we can't sell you this you will not buy it but maybe if you read this one portion uh you might buy these other fucking bullshit books too that are all gonna still cost four bucks a pop um even though you know you should be buying it in a trade at this point for at least 80 percent versus the 100% of what it cost. No, no, you're going to buy them all digitally online. It's it's just a sucker bet. It's a sucker bet. No one who has bought into the the digital copy thing, and not many people have, but nobody who has is going to be happy about this. Yeah. Now, if it's a if it's a one for one, if it's like, oh, I bought this and there's some other book that came out this month and I get to use my digital copy for that because I choose that one, that's great if, if it's like a two for one, but that's not what this is because it's a two for none. It's a, I bought this book and you're just kind of like, it's it's like going into the store and, and you're buying some peanut butter and you think, oh sure, yeah, give me a deal on jelly or give me a deal on bread or, or give me a fucking banana, something I can use with my peanut butter. No, here's some motor oil. Uh, peanut butter is oily. It, it's like the same thing. You should enjoy it. It's a good deal for you. I don't have a car. I have no reason. I'm just, can I pour this on your face? Because I feel like that's that's the only thing I'm left with is the ability to pour motor oil on your face, and I can just sit and look at you and eat peanut butter while you sit there and just cry. Because that that's that's a good deal for me. That's as far as it can go. Well, that is about as far as we can go. Um so glad we we took that last week off because we, we just saved Corey up. I, I think if we waited another week, we just came on. Fuck you all! I don't even have <laughs> oxygen anymore. I'm all yeah. sniffly. Uh, but yeah, so you can contact us <laughs> by a couple ways. 
Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966, or you can email us at mail at com. I encourage it. Please call us, email us. For at the very least, for what you want Corey to rant about next, send um, me your Marvel Digital Comics codes because I know you ain't gonna use them. You ain't a putz. <laughs> and you could join us on our Facebook page under Galactic Network, um, just by going to facebook.com/slash Galactic Netcasts. You could follow the show and or follow the network on Twitter at Nerds at Galactic Netcasts. Um, you can follow our producers, Beatmaster at Beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. I am at that Gregor. And Corey, where can they find you for all your mini rants and musings throughout the week? Well, I don't rant or, or muse so much as um, I, since I come on here and I get to talk shit about other comics companies, it's only fair <laughs> that I that I get some shit back. So you can go to don'tasscomics.com and read the comics that I don't necessarily have anything to do with the making of right now but i do help publish them and get them out there for your enjoyment they're they're free the digital copy is absolutely free and has no expectations of you having to do anything else for it that's just how it works yeah and the final thing to be said is this has been a don't tell glenn production we will see you guys next week or else fuck you marvel This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>